readers of the work of Charles Dickens could be forgiven for thinking that Victorian architecture was chiefly dark, foreboding houses and networks of densely packed slums. However, it seems the grime and unsanitary conditions portrayed in Dickens' work give the Victorians a bad name. University of Warwick professor Libby Burton, from the School of Health and Social Studies, says that houses in the Victorian era were actually healthier environments to live in than many of those being built today. Professor Burton's area of research expertise is how the built environment affects health and well-being. She spoke to us about why Victorian architecture is so impressive and why we could learn a thing or two from them about how to build new homes. During your research, have you noticed significant differences in the way the built environment has changed over the years? Yes, there are massive differences over time in the way the built environment is designed, and these tend to reflect political and social trends and ideas of the time. You may have noticed that there's been a trend over the last 20 years or so for development to be of a higher density than it used to be. This is because of an awareness of the lack of land and the need to conserve agricultural land and also a desire on the part of the government to reduce the need to travel by car. So the government for the last 20 years has been promoting what it calls compact, more compact development, that's higher density development on urban land and there are good reasons for doing this. However, the research I've just completed, from that I've found that although housing in the 21st century is actually slightly less dense than it was in the previous decades, two decades. What's unusual about it is that it's less green, the development, than it has ever been in any period before. So the housing that's been developed, it may be similar density to, say, the Edwardian period, but the garden space, the surroundings to that housing are less green. There's less greenery in them. And what about the Victorian period? The great author Charles Dickens often described a dirty, grimy city of London, with many of his characters living in hovel-type accommodations. Was it really like this, or was he using an artistic licence to enhance his novels? Well, he was correct to say that there were some terrible conditions that people were living in. But what I would say is that they were largely to do with overcrowding, not to features of the built environment per se and it's similar to what you would see in many of the developing countries today where that you can find many squatter settlements in the city because a lot of people in the industrial revolution came to the cities looking for work and because land became very expensive in the inner city and there was an explosion in the population it meant that there was massive overcrowding and also they didn't have enough infrastructure to cope with the increased population, so there were unsanitary conditions. But actually the Victorians were very good at designing for health and well-being. And if you look at the housing, the Victorian parks, the Victorian schools, they all show evidence of very good design when it comes to thinking about people's health. So do you think we could learn a lot from the way the Victorians constructed their built environments in regards to health and well-being? Yes, I think they knew a lot about designing for health and well-being. You just need to look at the typical Victorian terraced house. Look how it stood the test of time. 
Why is that? It's not just because of the high quality of materials and the craftsmanship. It was actually designed to maximise light, for example. Most Victorian terraces have the back extension, and the reason for that was to let light into the room in the middle of the house. And there were very clever features that were incorporated within the design of the home. You'll never find a Victorian house with a bathroom without any windows. Compare that with a lot of modern housing, where a lot of in, uh, bathrooms, WC, you know, downstairs cloakrooms, don't have windows. They were very clever at arranging the space to maximise light. In addition to that, there was very good sound insulation between the rooms, so different activities could happen at the same time without causing annoyance or interference. Also, there was good ventilation in the home, which meant it minimised humidity, which was good for health. And also in a Victorian house, you'll see a very clear demarcation of public and private space, which meant that people tended to feel safe and it tended to promote social interaction. It's very interesting that the Victorians were so aware of the importance of buildings and environments for health and well-being, and we're coming back to that now. If you look at articles in the well-known health journal, The Lancet, in the 19th century or beginning of the 20th century, it's really obvious that doctors felt that housing was crucial to people's health. And we've, we lost that link during the 20th century. We're now returning to it, although some of the health challenges now are different to the health challenges in Victorian times. In Victorian times, the big challenges were infectious diseases such as cholera. And by introducing proper sanitation, drainage, fresh water into development, that improved the health of the nation massively made a huge difference. Now our challenges are a bit more difficult. It's chronic diseases rather than infectious diseases and that includes mental health, problems with mental health, particularly depression. And if you look at Victorian schools, they were as much about health as about education. There was a feeling that if you put children in a healthy environment for a good part of the day, they would develop into strong individuals. So the Victorian schools, again, were designed to maximise daylight and also to have ventilation, fresh air. They had, um, some of them you'll see, features that draw air through the building in order to create this healthy environment. And if you look at the neighbourhoods in Victorian times, it's clear that the importance of greenery was acknowledged Model villages and model housing were designed by industrialists, like you see in Bourneville in Birmingham. They wanted to provide environments where they could get the most out of their workers and increase productivity. So they tended to move further away from the city centre so there was more space, created these leafy surroundings, garden suburbs, because they felt that that would enhance the health of the people working for them. And they included community facilities in the development so people could walk to centres, to shops, to schools. And also the Victorians really invented the idea of the public park. They knew how important it was for people to have a green space to go to for recreation. There are health recommendations now for incorporation of green spaces within our cities. But we can do better than that. We can look at what the Victorians did. 
we can learn from that and we can start to create housing, neighbourhoods, school environments, workplaces that help us to flourish as individuals.